All right. Welcome back to the Gentle Art of Crushing It podcast, Passive Investing Edition. My name is Randy Smith, and I am your host for today's episode. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different than anything we've done in the past. Uh, in fact, I'm not going to be interviewing anybody. We're actually going to be presenting a webinar to you that is offering a new passive investment offer in the short-term rental space. So I will be presenting some information with Seif, who is the CEO from TechFester, and we're going to walk through the entire business model, all of the returns, and everything you could expect as a passive investor. This is a 506C offering, so it is only available to accredited investors, but even if you're not accredited, it will be a great way to learn about a really, really exciting asset class and a great way for you to learn more about what types of offerings are available to accredited investors. So sit back and enjoy. And if you have any questions or you want to schedule some time with me, you can do that at impactequity.net. Or of course, you can always reach me uh, by phone at 623-336-5558 or on LinkedIn at Randy Smith. So enjoy the show. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Gentle Art of Crushing It show where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on this webinar to launch our third partnership with a new investment opportunity in partnership with TechFester, a short-term rental operator. So really, really excited to be offering this second asset class to our investors, which falls in line with our, our goal at Impact Equity was to put multiple deals from multiple operators in multiple asset classes across multiple markets in front of our investors so you can gain diversification in real estate by working with Impact Equity. Are you interested in real estate investing but don't know where to get started or think you don't have the time or money? Are you stuck in your W-2 because the golden handcuffs make it hard to walk away? If this sounds like you, check out impactequity.net and schedule some time to talk with the founder, Randy Smith. Randy went from massive income to leaving his W-2 through passive income and he can help you do the same. www.impactequity.net. Really, really excited specifically to be working with TechFester uh, because one, I've really been interested in the short-term rental space for a number of years. My wife and I have spent a ton of time staying in these units, both here in the US and abroad as well. And then a couple of years ago, I actually had an interest to start buying these things myself personally. And I found very, very quickly that I did not have the expertise to find good units. I didn't have the expertise to manage these assets. And I certainly had no expertise in positioning these things to sell them for a bigger profit on the back end like TechFester is doing. So really excited to be getting into this space with this world-class investor. Um, as you may or may not know, the short-term rental space has just amazing cash flow potential, sometimes two to three times 
what you might see in the multifamily space over the hold period. So while we're still doubling investor capital in on average about five years, um, the cash flow throughout the hold is just amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and hand this over to Seif. At this point, he's going to walk us through the majority of this presentation. Um, I'll come back and I'll add some detail when we're talking about the metrics, but I'll hand it over to the co-founder of TechFester, Seif. Off to you. Thanks so much, Randy. We're excited to partner with Impact Equity as we scale our second fund. Um, and I know you have recently visited some of our homes in person, got a sense of the style and how we approach design and operations. So that was exciting. Um, but without further ado, let's hop into the, into the meat and potatoes here. So, you know, essentially what TechFester does is it breaks down all the barriers of short-term rental investing into a singular fund. Right. So through impact equity and working with Randy, you can invest in his fund, uh, which will then partner with us and buy this year. We'll buy close to about 150 plus short term rentals um, across the country. We will find them. We will design them. We will operate them. It's a completely vertically integrated operation. Um, and the big idea here is that you don't have to do any of the work yourself. Um, and at the end of the day, one of the big benefits of short-term rentals, in addition to the cash flow that Randy was mentioning, is usually short-term rentals are a headache. They're a job if you're going to go buy one and operate it yourself. Here, you can get started with as little as $25,000. You'll have instant diversification. You'll have a growing amount of appreciation. One of my favorite things is the fact that you have zero liability with things like loans and lending. The only thing at risk is, of course, your principal investment, which you're making like any other investment you'll ever have. But if you don't have the time, you don't have the energy, you don't have the know-how, or perhaps you don't have the want to do this yourself, this is a way to get exposure to this asset class in a really great way. And see if I'm curious, I don't see a number seven on there that says you're not getting text in the middle of the night when a water heater breaks or a pool pump goes out or something like that. So so that's kind of a big benefit of this as well, I suspect, right? It's a massive one. And I think I should take that into consideration as a number seven as, as we as we add to this, right? Um, yeah. No toilet calls, nothing. You know, we have our teams 24-7 all across the country um, in terms of what we do. Um, and speaking of the journey here that's going to be happening over the next few years, right, in short, because we're buying an aggregate number of homes all across the country, each time we buy a home, we're going to design it, renovate it, and operate it, stabilize it as a short-term rental. That means it's going to make a lot more money and it's going to have historical revenue. We're then going to take 20, 30, 200 of these together at a time, package them up, think going to Costco, right? And my favorite analogy here is the fruit roll-ups, right? Because we're rolling up homes, right? And I used to get all these fruit roll-ups from Costco back in the day when I was a kid. So I was, I was a huge fruit candy guy. And we're going to then sell these to private equity, right? Um, and private equity is going to want to buy a portfolio like this because you can't go do this yourself. We've already put in all the sweat equity. We've already we have the historical revenue and they want to buy stabilized yield. In fact, what I just described is the exact strategy in multifamily, right? The only difference is slightly different asset class and different uh, type of operation, okay? So um, this isn't our first rodeo, right? We've done this before. This is our second fund. Uh, we're coming off of a $37 million plus fund last year in 2022. This year's fund will be two, three X that. 
Um, last year, we delivered over 75 plus properties. We exited also eight times, more on that later. But one thing I want to point out to is our performance, and you'll see a little bit more in depth on this, is we're competing against mom and pops. 90, 95% of the time, our competition is you know, Mama Joe down the street or Grandpa Bob, who's got a, a room in the back with Ikea furniture. It's not an enlightening experience. And you're saying, you know, it's just not ran professionally like a business. Therefore, between all the things we're able to accomplish and do and the advantages we have, which we'll dive into, we've been able to drive 71% more revenue than our competition, 41% more, more occupancy. And the exits we've had to date have been really fantastic. Right. So not only have we scaled and started, we've also exited not once, not twice, but eight times proving that we can, in fact, make this happen. Okay. So over these next few years, you can expect that we'll buy 100 plus properties. Right. We're going to talk. We've always been cash flow positive each quarter. So you don't have to worry about a capital call and whatever market fears you might have. Um, and in any time in real estate, it's always a bell curve. And I want to just reiterate that because you're investing in something that is getting done along the way. So we buy properties, we stand them up, we renovate them, we operate them. And the first year or so is really when you're doing a lot of sweat equity. And the middle of those years, the middle of the sandwich, the meat of the potatoes, that's when you're earning all this cash flow. And then we'll eventually start dispositioning that off. And you'll see that in the investment pro forma that Randy will talk about a little bit later. So... Um, as a leader, one of the best things that I can do is build an incredible team. And I cannot tell you how proud and excited I am for the team that we have here at TechFester. I genuinely believe we have the best operating team in this space. Our team is uh, ex-Facebook, Apple, Vacasa, DR Horton. We run in technology, operations, hospitality, all under one roof. We're advised by industry heavyweights, places like AirDNA, Bigger Pockets. We built our own software so we can underwrite over 100,000 homes a month across 250 markets that we track. Um, and the fact that we've had this early traction has allowed us to really scale and get excited about where we're going here in fun too. So a couple of things today, we're going to talk about the asset class. We're going to talk about performance. We're going to talk about team technology and strategy. We're also going to talk about some boring things like numbers, how you make money, but more importantly, how we also protect your initial investment. Right? So let's talk a little bit about the asset class um, of short-term rentals. And what's really important to know is that our society prefers this, right? I have two kids. Um, I can't tell you the impact of having a kitchen and amenities anywhere I go. Um, the experience is more local. Um, the It's what people want. If you've ever traveled in a group of more than six or seven or eight people, you know what happens when someone goes, when you guys go back to the hotel. It's literally a friction of space, right? It's not an experience. It's not what people want. And in fact, most of the homes we buy are four bedroom plus homes with amenities, with pools. We deck them out, their experiences. We do not compete with hotels, but it's really interesting to see that Airbnb and short-term rentals have a ton more rooms than hotels combined. And I Randy mentioned the cash flow is significantly better here. The tax benefits between business and real estate is also fantastic. But you always want to invest in an asset class that's growing, not necessarily one that's dying, 
right? And demand is outpacing supply for short-term rentals. And we're going to we're going to nerd out here for a couple minutes and talk a little bit about what that supply looks like. So 34% of people prefer short-term rentals. That's up 3x over the last decade, right? If you look at um, the market in itself, it's a hundred, nearly $150 billion market in 2022. We expect that to continue to grow. But what's really interesting is if you look at where the market share is, over 50% of that is domestic, right? Well, this is a very popular overseas. Most of that revenue is happening here locally. Well, you're like, see, aren't we in a recession? Are people moving around? Well, the data doesn't say that we are, right? People are absolutely moving around. Right in 2023, booking activity is starting off 17% stronger than it did in 2022. This is a really important metric. And the reason I want to call this out is because people often look at COVID or the year of COVID of 2020 or 2021, the year after that it started as a COVID year and anything that happened that year could have been an outlier. And I think that's possible. But we are starting, in fact, stronger than that COVID year in 2023. Demand, okay, is also up 15% in January, and it was up 19% in December, right? So we are pacing nearly identically in terms of how the past years have gone, but we're pacing significantly higher than where things have been. And speaking of pacing, it's pacing up through even longer throughout, right? I mean, people are not only traveling in the short term, they're, they're proactively planning where they're going um, even further in advance, which by the way, there's this beautiful thing called dynamic pricing, meaning we make more money when they price out further, right? Because they want to book those reservations. Um, so from a revenue perspective, we expect revenues to actually increase. A fun little data point, um, some of our early properties in our first fund that have eclipsed a year, um, five out of the six already met the pref right? We don't expect that in the first year. And we believe four out of the six out of those six will actually exceed a double digit cash on cash in their first operational year, right? So those types of things get us really excited where things are going. So actually, Steve, can I jump in there for yeah. one second? So, so you're talking about year one cash on cash approaching double digits, so close to 10%. Um, and to kind of bring that back to what we see in the multifamily space, we see some that are in the 3% range. We see on a very, very good deal, maybe 5 or 6%. But more often than not, we don't even start paying distributions in year one until three or six months down the road. So um, to be able to get this type of cash on cash return in year one is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, and we're, we're really excited about it. And I, I don't want to mislead anyone when I say that the cash on cash to the investor may not be relative of that 10%. It's What's great is to see that the actual asset is generating that, but because we're stabilized and we're yielding and we're growing, right? Like that's what we have as a look forward to, right? And that's really fantastic, which is to your point, you know, two, three, four times higher than what you'll see in multi, right? Um, which I'm an investor in multi. I love multi in many ways. But, you know, diversification is key. So, um, you know, I talked about mom and pops earlier, right? Mom and pops are, in fact, the very reason why we really got excited about scaling short-term rentals. In places like multifamily and storage, you're competing against large institutions, incredibly well-capitalized, well-talented organizations like Blackstone and BlackRock and huge private equity firms. In STRs, you're competing against 
everything that's opposite of that. And because of that, we're able to win on acquisition, management, design, hospitality, um, our technology stack, and it shows in our performance, right? So this is December's performance where we had over nearly 50% higher than what we underwrote for. And as you can see last year, our first property went live in January of 2022, and we hit about 93% of our pro forma that month. By the way, we were only live for half the month. That's why <laughs> um, we, we hit that every other month since then. We have excelled um, and we're continuing pacing as it improves. It's also not our first rodeo doing it even before our first fund. Our team comes from the world of short-term rentals. We've owned these personally, professionally, and you know, for quite a bit of time, we have beat projections through and through. So Randy, you know, remind people here a little bit about impact equity. You know, you, you've gotten excited about SDRs. Tell us a little bit about why you're excited about this opportunity as we scale. Yeah, no, thanks, Steve. So, so yeah, as most of you guys know, I actually came from corporate America. I spent 25 years working for Fortune 100 and 200 organizations, primarily in sales and sales leadership roles. And I actually ended up deciding to move into the real estate space probably about five years ago. And I did what a lot of people do when they start getting interested in real estate. I thought I should buy some single family homes. I thought I should manage it. I thought I should be involved in every decision and activity around that business. And, and as I said earlier, I found very, very quickly that I was not an expert in this space. And I was not an expert at uh, operating these units and certainly was not even, I wouldn't even say barely good at finding good deals out there at the time. So I moved, as a lot of people do, into the passive investing space and moved all of my capital over to that space over the last handful of years. And when I actually um, fast forward a couple of years, I was I was laid off from corporate America in May of last year. But fortunately, due to all the work that I had done in the real estate space over the prior years, the majority of my monthly expenses for my household were actually met through this amazing passive investing tool. So um, at that point, I decided that this was something I needed to help educate and inspire other people to do. And that's how Impact Equity was born. So since that point, this is now our third partnership, as I mentioned. We're now in two asset classes. But overall, our goal is to try to put one or two deals in front of our, our investors every single month. And we want to offer diversification across asset classes, um, operators, deals, markets. And partnering with TechFester is the logical and best next step for us to be able to meet that need. So um, see if that's impact equity. And um, I'd love to hear more about you guys. Yeah. So similar to Randy, um, I also came from corporate America uh, and as did Sabrina. So we both came from Apple and Facebook, respectively. She scaled operations and scaled the first generation AirPods to a billion dollar product line, right? Leading that as our, the lead project manager. Um, and I scaled people, building teams and talent and infrastructure at Facebook at many times meant opening up offices around the country and around the world. Um, and in doing those, you start to realize when you go open up an office, you're not hiring a single person. You're, you're there in that city for a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time, because you got to figure out where people are going to sleep, eat, enjoy raise their families, right? And I stayed in a bunch of Airbnbs. Some of them were good, 
many of them were really bad. <laughs> and that was where when we started getting the idea of like, well, could things be improved in this asset class? We come to learn about it. Um, but before we talk about the story, I have to talk about our team. Um, people like Sam, who's our other general partner and our head of capital markets. Mick comes from Vacasa, who used to run portfolio management there. Taylor's our head of acquisition. Has a fire Twitter if anyone wants to go watch, uh, follow along some of his tweets. Um, Austin leads us on revenue. Josh is XDR Horton, right? So he scaled um, uh, operations across the country in the single family world. Um, and even people like John, right, who's our head of data, right? We are a private equity firm that actually has a head of data because, yes, we've built our own technology. Um, and you can catch all of us, learn, follow along. We've been on podcasts. We've been featured in a few places online. You can read a little bit about the story, about the expansion, about the growth. Um, but we're also really excited about the advisors that we have, as I like to call it, the gray hair on the team. Um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm very much appreciative of these gentlemen uh, here that you see, people like Jamie and Scott. Scott is the founder of AirDNA. Jamie is the head of research and data at AirDNA. As you can see, people like Laszlo and Rob advise us on things like data and talent and strategy. These are people who are the know-whos of this industry. And I think this goes to show our commitment to execution starts with our people. You know, I, I can't tell you enough when I was at Facebook, the number one thing, the number one trait that I saw of why companies succeed is their people. You cannot excel without the best talent. And we've made a commitment to having the best possible talent here as well. Um, but we've also made a commitment to technology, right? We do, we are not your Zillow or your open door where we're eye buying to be very clear. What we're doing is we are a real estate firm that happens to build technology, not a real estate firm, sorry, not a technology company that does real estate. Those are two very different things, right? So we build technology that allows us to do our job easier. We underwrite more properties. We get our human eyes on the deals that make sense. We know what to buy, where to buy it, how to finance it and all the details that come out so we can build a beautiful diversified portfolio across this beautiful country of ours in places like Scottsdale, in Memphis, the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia, multiple markets in Florida. And we're investing in both destination and metro markets. So we're getting beach, mountain, city towns, and everything in between across all seasons, right? Because short-term rentals have high seasons and low seasons, right? In each of these different markets, there's fluctuation. And if you own one, you feel that really hard. But when you own 150, everything's a little bit more even keeled throughout, right? And you can withstand a lot more. And that's part of our 16-point strategy, right? Um, one of the things I'll call out here, and I'm sure everyone can read what's on screen, is when we started this, we wanted to target 200 bucks a night as an average daily rate. That's what we charge per night to our guests. The reason that was important is because we didn't want to compete with hotels, right? Um, and that's a race to zero. In fact, you can see in this slide, it says Q1 2022, we were trending around $300. Speaking today in Q1 of 2023, we're averaging over $460. You do not see that rent growth in multifamily. You do not see that revenue growth in multifamily. And that's because these are the types of advantages we have right, in terms of our scale, but also because we're vertically integrated. Um, we are arguably, from my understanding, and I won't, I won't uh, don't take me here too much for it, I believe we're the only vertically integrated short-term rental investment fund across the country, right, where we own our own acquisition, we built our own technology. 
I will happily say I believe we're the best possible team in this space. And we've done everything in-house. We manage our own homes. But all of these types of things are led by our design and data infrastructure. And we take this really seriously. And you know, to start things off, let's just take a look at how cohesive this home looks. You know, note that I didn't say this home looks amazing, it looks beautiful. I didn't use those types of adjectives. I used cohesive. And the reason I use that is if you go on Airbnb in any city that you want to go look at, you'll notice that the one of the highest performing properties in your area is probably cohesive because it's an experience that your guests want to have. You've tied everything together. In fact, if you think about your favorite dining experience or a place that you go visit, or even your favorite hotel, you typically walk in and it's a cohesive experience. It's not all over the place, right? It's organized, it's colorful um, in whatever theme that it's in. Um, and this home that you're seeing here on screen in Scottsdale is a great case study. So when we bought it, it was doing about $145,000 a year in revenue as an existing short-term rental. It was one of the few that we bought in that were existing STRs. And you know we added some renovation, we added our design. More importantly, we operated it significantly better with better pricing, revenue, and, and property management. In its first year, this home will do over $215,000, which is over $75,000 more than it was doing for three years prior with the previous owner. Now, I won't get into all the numbers, but I can tell you that's a half a million dollars in value added in its first year to the equity value of this home. Here, you have a beautiful cabin well, was not the most beautiful cabin into a more beautiful industrial loft-like cabin, right, over in the Poconos Mountains. I mean, the, the reason these things matter is if you're on Airbnb, let me tell you exactly what happens when you go on Airbnb. You're going to enter how many people are going, where you're going, okay? Because Airbnb, all it is is a tech product. So let me nerd out here for a second. And you're going to enter those things. You're going to get a bunch of results. And you're going to open up four, five, six of the things that look good, right? In terms of your eyes are going to eat first. You're then going to sift through those four, five, six, or eight properties and narrow it down to a list of one, two, or three. You're then going to share that link with a group of people or whoever the decision makers are in your group of where you're going, because we're targeting six, eight, 10 plus groups, right? Of people. And then there will be commentary as to which ones you guys want to go, what you'd prefer staying at, you'll probably inquire on one or two of those and eventually you book. Now, everything that I just described happens in five minutes or less, okay? And Airbnb is very much like Google. In fact, it's all about intent, type of where you're going, exactly what's happening. So when you see photos like this in your bachelorette group, you're more likely to stay at a home like this. In fact, this home, which I believe, Randy, did you get a chance to tour this home when you were at Sabrina? I believe so. You know, I did. And yeah. It was, as you mentioned, cohesiveness, like from room to room to room was was just amazing. So beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and the pink cabinets are on purpose and the green tile is on purpose. The model in the photo is on purpose. It's intentional. This is one of our homes that gets one of the highest average daily rates because the type of person who's coming here is not only proactively planning in advance, right? But they really want this cohesive experience. Now, this type of avatar is very different than say in Memphis, where we're attracting families, we have modern decor, modern design, amenities like stock tank pools, you do not see that in Memphis, right? So if you're a family and you got a couple of kids that can go out and hang out in the pool, you've got a yard, it's a beautiful space. And then of course, we have homes where we just went on simply design, 
right? And amenities and clean photos. Clean photos, by the way, over 40% of the time, right? People are not taking good photos on Airbnb. They're taking it with like an iPhone 6 camera, right? So those are the things that we can easily win on. So let's get into the numbers. Randy, why don't you tell a little bit of uh, us about the, the fund and what people can earn? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Steve. So this is you know, as as a passive investor, this is the money slide. Um, all of the the information that Steve shared up to this point is why we can we can actually provide these type of returns and these type of investment opportunities to our investors. So, you can see on the upper left hand corner, one thing that's kind of unique about this opportunity is that our minimum investment is only twenty five thousand dollars. Most investments like these will have a 50 or 100 or even $250,000 minimum investment. So having an offering that allows $25,000 investments allows that first-time passive investor the ability to dip their toe in this space and really start to understand how this works. So I'm really, really proud to be offering the $25,000 minimum, which, which a lot of folks don't do purposely because they don't necessarily want to work with folks that are newer to the space. Okay. Our projected hold period on this is five years. Now, um, Seif mentioned earlier that the goal here is really to ramp this portfolio and position it into a place where we can sell this off to private equity or REIT or something like that. So the goal is a five-year hold, but when the opportunity presents itself, to sell and meet the returns that we've offered to our investors. If there is an opportunity to do so earlier, that is absolutely something that the group will consider and uh, potentially execute on if that option is available. So one of the biggest things in this space when you're investing as a passive investor is uh, the tax benefits that you get through depreciation and other tax benefits. And the team is actually transferring 100% of those tax benefits to you. Now, seeing the amount of deals that I see, this is not always the case. And I wouldn't even say frequently the case. So the fact that the group is foregoing these tax benefits themselves and giving it all to the investor is just one more reason why this is just a fantastic opportunity. You'll see here we do quarterly um, quarterly cash flow with auto direct deposit passive income. This means that after you've done the due diligence on this and you've signed on the paperwork and wired over your funds, you'll start to get quarterly payments. And that's all the work you have to do here. Truly passive income where you're not having to babysit property managers or construction crews or driving to properties, literally just sit back and, and watch the mailbox money come in. Um, we're showing here an annualized cash on cash average of eight to 9%. So what does that mean to you? Like in real terms, from a pro forma standpoint, you're gonna see a, approximately 5% cash on cash in all likelihood in year one, but we very, very quickly jump up to almost 10% in year two and years thereafter. So far exceeding what you'll likely see in any other offering in multifamily, self-storage, or any of the other asset classes. And then the overall projected total return is between 18 and 20%. So when you look at the return on your capital um, and return of capital over that five-year period, 
the goal is to is to double your investment in that five year period. So eighteen to twenty percent is performa. Again, it can always be a little higher or always be a little bit lower. Um, but based on the conservative underwriting that Seif and the team have done, that's where we project these returns to be. And then probably the biggest thing that I like most about this is the diversification. I mentioned earlier that I was thinking about buying single family or single family or condos here in Scottsdale for short-term rental space. That would have meant that I would have been out of pocket probably a hundred or maybe even 200 grand to get this thing up and running. And then I would have one asset. And every weekend that that thing sat empty would be weekends that I was not earning money. So if we have a hundred assets in multiple markets with both um, warm warm markets and cold markets, the um, variation diversification across those different assets gives you consistent monthly income um, through the diversification. So at a high level, um, 8% preferred return, we talked about that. So the first 8% in profitability goes directly to our investors. So the operators, myself, other than small fees that we have on the front end, we do not make a dollar until our investors get an 8% preferred return. Quite often in the space, you're going to see 6 and 7% as well. So we're, we're coming out of the gates with a higher preferred return. Probably the, the biggest thing that differentiates what Impact Equity is doing, specifically our company compared to the investor that actually invests directly with TechFester or invest with anybody else in this space is Impact Equity is giving 85% of all profits above the 8% directly to our investors. So if you see other decks for, from TechFester directly, you'll see that this is a 50-50 mix um, if you invest with them directly. I felt it was important for me to give more of that profit to my investors uh, because it's a fantastic return. And um, this kind of falls in line with the business model that I use in all of my other asset classes as well. So I want to make sure that you're taken care of and you earn excellent returns because I'm sure if you do, we'll continue to build that relationship and, and do more and more together. And again, finally, it's passive. No calls at night, no calls during the day. No people saying, hey, I can't get into my unit or the pull pump is broke or the heater's not working. We take care of everything from you from the very first moment all the way down to the day that we pay out final distributions when hopefully we double your capital. Well, and Randy, don't, you know, don't sell yourself too short. So the reason Randy is able to offer these 8% and the 85% is because he has negotiated incredible terms with us, right? With TechFester. And he brings up a great point. You know, if you were to come to TechFester Direct and you're going to write at the same size check, that same $25,000 check, you'd get an 8 and 50, right? And the reason you're able to get significantly better terms with Randy is because Randy has come to us and, you know, took him out to the back, rung me out for a little bit and said, you know what, I need better terms for my investors. And the reason is, you know, to be quite frank and blunt, he's writing a much larger check through Impact Equity, right? The Impact Equity community is going to be able to write a two, three, five, ten million dollar check. And because so, he has leverage and negotiation, which he's then now here passing on to investors. So, you know, this is what the investor uh, will, will, you know, project to get ready. So please walk us through this one. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So upper left-hand corner, we talked through $25,000 minimum investment. Projected exit cap rate is 6 to 8%. Um, as you talk about cap rates, as that number goes down, the value goes up. So we're expecting our exit cap rate to be in the 6 to 8%, which means that this is very conservatively underwritten. Okay. We talked about projected hold time on average about five years, but we, we suspect uh, could be as short as four years and it could potentially go a little bit longer as well. So it's important to know that this is an illiquid investment, meaning when you invest, if in six months or a year, you find that it's important to get the dollars back, unfortunately, that is not an option. And that is actually, a lot of people will see that as a negative, but quite frankly, I think it's a positive because quite often people will try to pull money out of the market or pull money out of investments um, when things are rough. And that's the absolute worst time to do that. So CIF and the team reserve the right to hold these funds throughout the duration to make sure that we're doing what's best for the investor. Okay. Um, first distributions are paid at around six months. So you'll make your investment. Um, they'll start purchasing assets, renovating assets, get, get people in those assets, and then you'll start to see those returns. This is what I'm really excited about, uh, the projected performance. We're, we're, we have Performa at 2.02x, so more than doubling your capital. And this, when we go back to that previous slide where we did an 85-15 split, this is the difference here. In a 50-50 split, you do not get these returns. Um, you have less than a 2x equity multiple, and your average annual cash flow is much less. So because of the bargaining power that I get by bringing a bigger check to the table, you, the investor, get much, much better returns. So average annual cash flow, 8 to 12. Again, 3 to 4 times what you might see in, in multifamily. Annual return, 17 to 20%. Again, 20% times 5 is that 2x equity multiple. And then the most important metric on this slide is the internal rate of return, which factors in the time value of money. So how quickly do you get your money back and how quickly do we double it? So this number is the true measurement of the value of this asset. Okay. On the preferred return and splits, we've talked about 8% preferred return. So you get the first 8%. Above the 8%, 85% goes to the passive investor and 15% goes to the fund. In the next section on the bottom, you're going to see a year by year and overall summary of the returns that you can expect in this deal. And this is a $100,000 example. So you see on the left there, you invest 100 grand. Total return in cash flow, you're going to earn $45,000 approximately over the hold period in quarterly distributions. When we sell all of these assets on the, on the back end, once we've gone through our full business plan and they've packaged these things up and put a beautiful tie on them and sold them to private equity, you're going to get 156,000 return at the end in addition to the 45. So you can see the year by year and how quickly that ramps up. And I think it's important to note here, like year one is showing 5%. And the reason for that is the majority of the dollars are going into the business to renovate these and get operations up and running because the faster we get these things on the market and get them booked, 
the the faster we can start returning better cash flows. So you see as that ramps up and throughout year three, four, and five, we're over 10%, which you're just not going to find 10% cash on cash returns really anywhere else out there where you're also participating in the upside. So again, on the bottom, you can see the projection, uh, investor projected projections and profit splits. First 8% go to you. Above that, we split 85-15. Yeah. And Did I miss anything, Seif? No, you, you hit it right on the money. And, and I'll take us right into talking about taxes, right? So you can expect here to get a write-off or a paper loss, as the industry calls it, right, on your K-1 um, of about a $20,000 paper loss, roughly, or about 20% of your investment, um, you know, in that first year or between your first year and your second year. Now, of course, this is not financial advice. Please consult your CPA. Uh, we do not give advice whether this is affecting your active or your passive income. Um, so please um, consult with your financial advisor there as well. Now, Randy. Yeah, and for the newer passive investor, um, this is this is almost as important as the previous slide that talks about the returns that you're getting, the tax benefits that you're getting from this, and of course, check with your CPA, um, are almost as great as the dollars that you're getting back. And um, if you have questions about this, definitely check with your CPA, but let's you and I discuss this as well, because I personally have been able to take advantage of these passive losses year over year over the last couple of years. And it can be it can be a game changer when it comes down to how you strategize your finances and even um, uh, employment decisions as to whether it makes sense to stay in the W-2 or not. So when you when you pull in all of the benefits of the dollars and the passive losses, it, it can have a significant impact on you and your family. So let's discuss. Yeah, and we talked about taxes, we talked about returns, but what about using the properties, right? We and Randy had an opportunity to uh, visit some of these. And as an investor, you'll get the same benefit to not only visit, but stay as an owner. Um, you're a limited partner, but you're also an owner in this portfolio. Um, now, remember, it is an investment first, so we can't give it away for free. Uh, but we can certainly book direct and save on those platform fees. And it usually comes out to about a 10 to 30 percent off the stay. Uh, we're across the country in many states and, and areas. So if you want to take your friends, your family, take a trip. You can do all those things as well. So an investment that actually has utility in addition to the investment side. So one thing that is really important to remember here as well is, um, you know, let's get really granular for a second because investments don't always go perfectly. In fact, rarely do they go perfectly. So the reason we've built an incredibly strong team is because from an operating perspective, you want really great talent making decisions. In addition to that, you want those decisions as much as possible made as early as possible. So some of the things that we do on the front end is we acquire really well. In fact, there's a saying in real estate is you make money on the buy. You make money on the buy, you buy well, you, you reduce a lot of risk on that front. We buy well, we force equity through things like renovations of our floors or bathrooms or kitchens, things that add value, hard equity to the home. And then we're also putting on really good conservative debt on the home. Now, if you've done multi um, or other commercial real estate, you'll notice that most of the debt terms in multifamily is typically a 311 or a five-year fixed. 
Um, and that's usually as good as it gets. It's about a five-year fix where your rate does not change for five years, depending if you have rate caps and those types of things that may or may not be bought. In our case, all of our debt is fixed for a minimum of a decade. Now you're like, well, see if this is only a five-year hold. Why do you need 10 years of fixed rate debt? And the reason is we never want to become a forced seller. In fact, debt is the first silent killer in real estate. For any real estate operator that's been through any sort of ups and downs, they know this well. If you're not a forced seller, history tells us you'll almost always be fine. But if you are a forced seller, in fact, if you look at 2008, 2008 was a combination of poor lending, but predominantly it was over 95% of the people who defaulted in the 08 crash had adjustable rates and floating rates. In fact, they had mortgages and balloon payments, things coming due at an unfortunately inopportune time. If they had fixed rate debts, right, that was no not floating, right, they could have been creative. They could have extended their timeline. And as we saw, and if you look at the, his, the history of real estate, if you look at over a five or 10 year period, usually you are more than good. So our debt structure is strong. Our acquisition structure is strong. And we currently do not cross collateralize. What I mean by this, and excuse my very blunt analogy here, but we can lose a pinky and we're still going to be good. Right. I mean, that pinky being a singular home, if for whatever reason something happens to that home, it does not affect the rest of the portfolio. Okay. Um, and Randy, please add some color there. Yeah. So, I, and, and this is a big piece that I, re, I remember when I've been, because I've been looking at this, um, at this space for a number of years now. And my concern this time last year was buying in the single family space. If something were to happen to the economy and values of homes, would drop, then I, I was concerned that I might not have any protection there. So with, with things that we're seeing in the economy today, I think it's, it's, we've seen some decreases in value of homes. And I think now is actually an extremely good time to be buying single family homes because in some markets, we're seeing those dip as much as 10 or 15 or 20%. So, um, I think, you know, yes, this has been a difficult, uh, change in the economy, but, but it really creates a unique opportunity for us in this space. So as see if I, I see you've already got on the slide to talk about that, but what are your thoughts there? Yeah. You know, I think for us, the biggest thing I look at is uh price to rent ratio, right? Um, just like you would in, you know, price per unit and the rent to revenue per unit in multi, right here, our revenues are increasing, but our cost basis is going down right on the value of the home that's a terrific investment right you typically don't see that right you got revenue going down but the cost to buy that same home is coming down now that's the equity side i understand we're in a higher than normal interest rate environment today than when we were over the last few years but i do want to remind everyone that a two to three percent interest rate is not normal it has not historically been normal in fact, a normal interest rate is usually in the five, sixes, and sevens, histor historically, right? And so what's really great today is that most important thing is if we can buy really well, our revenues are going up, and let's say rates do come down in a year or two or three, the amount of refinance that we can do on a rate and term alone to bump cash flows would be massive down the line. And that's something that we can't control, but if the opportunity presented itself, 
we can certainly do that. And when you consider our strategy here in terms of how we're competitive in the market, we control what we can control. We control our infrastructure, control our operations. We've built an incredibly strong team. We built our own technology that allows us to guide and perform in ways that others cannot, right? Those are the things that we can control. Everything else that's market dependent, we put in barriers, right? That would insulate us from feeling those types of pressures. And in a market that is more advantageous as those things happen, we'll be positioned to take advantage of that. So without further ado, Randy, why don't you tell people a little bit if they wanna get started, how they want to get involved, you know, what are those steps um, and how can they make that happen? I think you're on mute there, Randy. So, yes, my apologies. So, so if, um, yes, if, if everything we've talked about today sounds interesting, um, the, the process for this is actually a fairly simple process and it's not quite as complicated as one might expect. Certainly not as complicated if, as if you were out there buying these yourself. So yes, there is some paper, paperwork that you do need to fill out. There is a legal document that, uh, you know, it is a rather extensive legal document that I certainly encourage you to review and read and understand and potentially share with, with your advisor. Um, this is all very common in this space. So essentially fill out the paperwork. You will fund the investment uh, generally via wire. So you can do that at your bank. Some banks will allow you to do that online. And then we essentially do all of the heavy lifting on our end. They're going to go out and buy these assets, um, get them fixed up to the type of quality that we want. And then ultimately, it's just 100% passive income to you. From that point, you're going to start getting quarterly reporting. So you're going to see tons and tons of information about what's going on with your investment. You're going to start getting these quarterly dividends will just magically appear in your bank account or in your IRA account. And then last but not least, passive investing or passive income throughout the way. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. Steve, thank you for walking us through all the details. Certainly, next steps would be let's connect or click the link where you found this video to start the process and we're both available throughout the entire process should you ever need us or you need assistance or have any questions so thank you for joining us today well there you have it ladies and gentlemen another episode of the gentle art of crushing it it was an amazing episode we know we sure learned a lot and we hope you did as well we want to take a second and thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that we only ask for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.